Please be seated. And go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians uh, in your bulletins or Bibles. We'll be in 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 12. Well, uh, one of the artifacts I kept from my time in Washington, D.C. Was, was this little pin. Uh, it's, a, it's a gold, at least colored pin. It's not an go- actual gold pin. It's in the shape of a cockroach. And it has the seal of my former employer on it, the Potomac Institute. Uh, very few people in the world own this pin. I am one of the few. So I kept it. Um, This pin was worn by a special group of people, including people from uh, the military community, people from the intelligence community, uh, some elected congressmen, uh, some people who just worked in the defense industry, and they would get an invitation. You couldn't invite yourself, but they would get an invitation to a special dinner, where you would come, there'd be an open bar, there'd be plenty of good food, you'd put the pin on, and you'd sit down and you'd have conversation. What did they talk about at these dinners? You know better than to ask that question. (laughs) Don't you? Okay? Let's just say I was not actually in the discussions, but I did get the pin as part of being an employee. Um... This pin is one of many pins that you can wear in this city. The most special pin that you can get in Washington, D.C. is the one that they make every two years for people who get elected to Congress. And it's, it's bigger than all the other pins, and you wear it on your, on your suit, on, your, on the lapel of your jacket. And as you walk by, people go, oh, that's the pin. That's a congressman. That's a senator. And so you can even watch people in D.C. passing each other on the metro or along the street or in the corridors going, oh, straining their eyes. Is that the special pin? Which special pin do you have? There's all kinds of special pins. And the special pin says, I belong here. I'm included here. I'm one of the special people. I'm on the inside. If there was a, let's just say there was an Emmanuel Anglican Church pin, do you think you would have one? Do you think that you would have the pin? It wouldn't be shaped like a cockroach, maybe a coffee bean or something representative of our habits here. Do you feel welcomed in? Do you feel uh, that you're not left out? Um, Or does it seem to you that you are left out, that that if there was a special pin, you wouldn't have it? If there was some kind of unspoken agreement, some kind of memo about how you're supposed to act and be here, some kind of secret handshake, some kind of special understanding of what it means to belong here? Or do you feel like you're on the outside? Do you feel like an asterisk to this community? Do you feel like an add-on to this community? Maybe you feel ignored, not seen, not special. 
not, not kind of welcomed in. Um, maybe you feel different. Uh, maybe you just feel isolated. Maybe you don't, you just say, I don't belong. I don't, be, there's something about me that just doesn't belong here. And, and, and maybe you, there's a part of you that says, I don't belong, and it's, you're expressing it indifferently, or uh, sorry, um, indignantly. There's a sense of indignance and injustice, like, yeah, I guess I don't belong here. I guess I don't have the pin. I don't know the secret handshake. Or maybe it's hurtful. Maybe it's like, man, I don't belong. I don't have the pin. Or maybe it's kind of smug, like, yeah, it's not my crowd anyway. It doesn't really matter. They can have their pin. I've got mine somewhere else. Or maybe there's some fear, like, ah, oh, if, you know, if I, I want to, but if I put myself out there, maybe it wouldn't go so well, and it would only hurt worse. I just want you to know if that's you, this message is for you, and I want you to know that you're not alone, that a lot of people have those thoughts and feelings, and it's a hard feeling to have. And I want you to know that it's not only common to the human experience, it's also common to the church. And there were people in the church plant in Corinth to which this bit of scripture was written. And they were having almost identical thoughts as, as you are, if you're having those thoughts or feelings. They're having almost identical thoughts and feelings of, I don't belong. I'm so encouraged that this text ad addresses them and encourages them, and I want us to be encouraged as well. And I want us to step more fully and more deeply into our identity as the body of Christ. Here's what they were saying. You can look in verse 15. They were saying, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body, Paul is saying. Verse 16, and if the ear should say, well, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. It's just amazing the kind of self-talk that we carry on without even knowing it. What's your self-talk? How do you fill in the blanks here? I don't really belong here because I'm too fill in the blank. Or... Um, I don't really belong here because I'm not something enough. There's a part of me that's not enough. Or I choose to not belong here because blank. Or I can tell I'm not welcome here because of these actions or lack of actions. Is a very tempting line of self-talk. Very tempting line of self-talk. Of I don't belong here because I'm not blank enough. Or I've I'm not welcome here because I'm too much of this. So, just for a moment, if you've ever had that kind of self-talk, um, I want you to imagine something with me. I want you to imagine yourself being fully included in the life of Christ here at Emmanuel Anglican. Fully included, fully commissioned, Imagine this, being so fully integrated in with the mission of Jesus Christ here at Emmanuel. So integrated in with the life uh, that it would be like you were almost like an organ is to a body. 
or, or, or a limb is to a human body. If you were to leave, imagine this. If you were to leave, Emmanuel Angle can be like, where's our foot? We lost a foot. We can't operate like we were supposed to because our foot's gone. Come on. Or maybe if you were to leave, it would be like Emmanuel Anglican Church being like, I can't hear. I can't. What are you even saying? I can't hear because the ear's gone. My entire hearing system, part of my brain has been disabled because, because you left or because you moved away or because you were sent to a church plant somewhere. Imagine you being right into the middle of a fruitful season here, playing the role that the Lord wanted to commission you to play. And then, and then you had to leave, and then all of a sudden, Emmanuel Agricultura had to figure out what it was going to do <laughs> because, because we lost you. We lost our ankle. We lost our elbow. We, we, we lost our circulatory system. Can you, can you imagine all fear of rejection giving way to relationship and belonging? Just imagine that for a moment. I'm not saying that it's true. I'm just saying imagine that. Can you imagine silencing once and for all the little voice that lies to you about the fact that you don't belong? You don't have this special pin. You don't belong here. They'll reject you, so why even try? What if that voice was forever silenced by love and truth in relationship. There has been a way made for us to enter into that reality. For all of us who were outsiders, left out, an asterisk, an add-on to be fully included. All of us who felt invisible to the community. There has been a way for all of us who have felt left out to become the body of Christ. Everybody to become the body of Christ. A way has been made for invisible, ignored, whether in reality or in the imagination, rejected people to be included in by God's design into the body of Christ and to operate in a completely different way that would mystify the world and make them ask, what is going on here? To which the only answer could be the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a miracle. And we are invited, all of us, to participate in the miracle together. Paul uses a metaphor at the beginning of this text that we're going to explore. It was a metaphor that helped this young church plant understood who she was. Verse 12 says this, For just as the body, the human body, is one and has many members... And all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. So Paul is, is establishing a metaphor. He says, hey, you have a human body. And think about all the different body parts that the human body has. But they all integrate and they're all one, even though they're different, even though they have different functions and different levels of visibility. They're all part of the same body. They have, they have a strong unity, even though they have diverse functions. So it is with the body of Christ. And then Paul is going to reference the fact that some of the people felt left out. He says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many, in verse 14. And he's anticipating the objections, the self-talk that people who feel left out are going to have. 
Human beings have a long, sad history of inclusion, exclusion. Um, we divide. We get alienated from one another. We don't communicate. We misunderstand. And some people have things that other people want. Sometimes we don't share well, or sometimes we identify too strongly with external things. And we forget that our fellow brothers and sisters are equal in the eyes of God. What power could reconcile us so that we function like organs in the body? What kind of miracle would need to happen? What kind of power could unite people across cultural and racial and economic lines? Slave and free, Jews and Greeks. Think about this. You know, we talk a lot about the divide in Chicago, the divide between the north side and the south side and the west side, especially the divide between the people with resources and the people without resources. I was hearing, uh, listened uh, to NPR this week, a report by WBEZ, um, and there was, a, there was a group of high school students being brought together from different parts of Chicago, and they were, they were protesting some of the cuts to CPS. And one of the girls remarked, she said, you know, when, when my friend, friends from privileged neighborhoods in Chicago speak up, they expect to be heard. When, when my friends from the non-privileged parts of Chicago speak up, they expect not to be heard. They feel totally invisible and totally ignored. And there's all kinds of research about, um, about uh, racial, economic divides in our city. And it's breaking people's hearts, and we want to know what, how, can we, how can we be united? How can we be one city? We're actually more like two cities. If you think about it, we're really kind of like two cities here in terms of how we operate. How could we be united? Could there be a miracle to overcome that? What kind of power? You know what? Let's talk. There are some false solutions to this, to this tendency we have to divide. One false solution is being really, really nice because you're supposed to. Being nice to everybody. And I think that's a value we have. Such a Midwestern Chicago value. You be nice to everybody. Okay? <laughs> but there's some self-righteousness and legalism in that. And you know what? People wear out when they're given a lot of rules. And being nice is a special Midwestern rule. And people's, people bend over backwards to be nice over and over and over again. And you know what? Eventually, being nice gets tiring. And then you move from being nice to being jaded. And there's a lot of formerly nice, jaded people out there. <laughs> it's not from scaring everybody into conformity, because that can work too. Scaring everybody into conformity. You better obey. You better follow the rules. Everybody belongs here because everybody's scared. Well, that's going to wear out quickly too. Making a lot of rules about how you should include people wears out. People don't like to be controlled. People don't like to be told to include other people. After a while, that sounds very shrill. And you know what? It's not from birds of a feather flocking together, Okay. The homogenization principle. Yes, it works in nature, but it can't, divide, it can't unite people that are divided. It can't divide Jew and Greek. Jew and Greek had incredible racial tensions at, uh, at, the, at the era when the church was growing. One of the central questions of the early church was, 
wow, we have, we started with the Jewish people, and now we have all of these people from all over the Roman Empire who are not Jewish, who don't know our customs, and they're not circumcised, and they eat bad food, and, and, and like, how do we integrate them in? And it was one of the central questions of the early church. It's not from birds of a feather flocking together. That doesn't unite people like the gospel can unite people. All of these have a power in our world. All of these have a power in our world, but it's not the kind of power that can keep together and sustain together the body of Christ. We need power from the outside. We need a miracle. Do you feel on the outside? Do you feel marginalized? Or maybe you just really care about people on the outside. You really care about people who are marginalized. Or maybe you want our congregation and you're praying for a congregation to grow in our cultural, racial, economic diversity. If that's you, what I'm about to say is the most important thing for you to hear this morning. If you feel left out or you care a lot about the people who feel left out, you need to hear this. Jesus Christ was rejected so that you could belong. It's more complex than that for sure, but simply stated, Jesus Christ was rejected so that you and I could belong. Jesus Christ was rejected from his hometown, where people knew him. Oh, like, oh yeah, Jesus, come on, get out of here. We don't need your ministry. We've got enough. We're fine. Okay? We're fine. Go. Is it, it, don't try to bless us, Jesus. Get out, actually. The claims that you're making about yourself, the ministry that you're, that you're taking on, that's offensive to us. So get out of our hometown because you don't have the Nazarene pin anymore and you don't belong. But he was rejected from his hometown um, because he was in the process of creating a new home. He was creating a new home in the process of being rejected. And this new home would never cast out its own. Jesus Christ was rejected by all kinds of people. He was rejected by rich and poor, Jew and Greek, slave and free, so that he could unite them into a body where they would all belong. And none of them would be rejected for their race, for how much money they had or didn't have. Jesus Christ was marched outside the city of Jerusalem. He was humiliated, and then he was marched outside the city of Jerusalem, a city he came to love, a city, a city that was supposed to receive him. They had all the, the, all the signs pointed to him, and they, they, they marched him out of the city. Hebrews says he went outside the camp. But he did that. He was rejected so that he could found a new city whose gates were always open, As he hung on the cross, the world rejected him. His disciples even ditched him, pretended not to know him. Even his own heavenly father turned his face away. Yet, in so doing, Jesus Christ was birthing a new family where you would belong, where you could belong, I could belong, where people from every status you can think of Every human category that would otherwise divide could belong to this family. And in that hour, Jesus stretched out his arms of love on the hardwood of the cross that all might come within the reach of his saving embrace. 
It was a sign of welcome and hospitality. Come here. All who are rejected, all who are left out, all who have nagging quiet doubts about whether or not you truly are in or out, you'll never be out. And this is the place where you most need to be included. So come to me. All who are weary of asking that question of do I belong or not? Because I'm creating a new family. You belong here. Come, receive my spirit. Receive my Holy Spirit and join my new family. I am making all things new. This is the power that we need in Chicago. This is the power that we need in our world. Jesus Christ was rejected so that you could belong. So how do we take hold of this great gift? How do we say yes to this, to this embrace? Verse 13 helps us draw close to this reality. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Uh, also can be translated, all were irrigated by one spirit, or all were, all were drenched by one spirit. We can say yes to Jesus in our hearts. There's no doubt about it. We have to say yes to Jesus in our hearts with a prayer. But the teaching of the New Testament and the teaching of uh, the great tradition, the, the teachings of the church, is that just like you wouldn't just privately love somebody, you would want to publicly declare that love and be sealed in a covenant, so also the ultimate way for us to say yes to Jesus' offer is by faith to step forward and say, I wish to be baptized into one body. Yes, I, I've come to belong to the new family that Jesus has created, and so I will receive, not earn, I will receive the gift of baptism. I will receive what the church calls the sacrament of baptism. Baptism is an, what we call an outward sign of an inward and spiritual grace. In baptism, you confess that Jesus is Lord and you turn to follow him. It's like the sinner's prayer made public, made official. And the Spirit makes baptism possible. Think of this. You know, a pin, a special pin, you have to earn it. You have to get elected. You have to be high up in the intelligence community or whatever, whatever the community creates. If you want to have the special pin of I'm actually really in, you know, you have to earn it. But baptism is received. Baptism is, baptism is received like a family birthmark is received. What are the family traits of the characteristics that people are like, oh yeah, we know you're part of that family. We can see the resemblance. Baptism is a family birthmark. It is received, it is given to us by Jesus through his spirit. Here's what the Anglican Catechism teaches us about baptism. You can uh, download this, just Google to be a Christian or J.I. Packer Catechism. He's the lead author on this. Um, so uh, here's what the Anglican Catechism teaches us about baptism. The outward and visible sign is water in which candidates are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the name of the triune God, to whom the candidate is being committed. Well, then what's the inward and spiritual grace set forth in baptism? Well, I am made a child, God's child by grace through faith in Christ. What are the signs of the Holy Spirit's work 
uh, do you hope and pray to see as a result of your baptism? Well, one of the things the catechism says is, I hope and pray that the Holy Spirit who indwells me will help me to be an active member of my Christian community and participate in worship. It's, it's right there in the catechism. Baptism is, is a way for us to be reconciled with one another. It's our entrance into the new family. It's a way to say yes to Jesus' open arms of love. His gift of a new family. His gift of being included. We say yes to that offer in baptism. Now, I want to say a word to those who have not yet been baptized. Maybe you're listening to this and you're going, does that mean I'm out? Because I don't have the family birthmark? And I want you to know something. You are welcome here. You're welcome here in worship. You're welcome in our small groups. And there are certain volunteering that you, certain bits of volunteering that you can do on a Sunday morning when you are still exploring faith. This is a place for skeptics to come and feel safe. This is a place for those who are doubting to come and process through their doubts. This is a place for people who have not been baptized but want to know more about the Christian faith to come and see and witness the body of Christ in action. In our community, you can belong before you believe. You can belong before you, can, before you believe. So I want you to know that if you've not yet been baptized, you are welcome here. You are welcome here. If you want to be baptized, the next time we're doing baptisms is on Easter Sunday. So let us know that you're interested and we will take you through the process and prepare you to say yes to Jesus and receive the gift of baptism. Maybe you're here and you've been baptized at a different church. And you're like, you know what? I was baptized. It was not an Anglican church. You know, and, and well, what then? And I want to say that we recognize your baptism here. If you have been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in a church that uh, affirms the historic teachings of the Christian faith, your baptism is recognized here. When you become a member here, you are standing in your baptism, and you are saying, yes, I, re I received the gift of this community. I'm a part of this community. I do have the family birthmark. I have said yes to Jesus, and I want to follow him and join his family right here in this church. If you've been baptized, you have the family birthmark. Okay, you didn't earn it, you received it. This church will disappoint you in the process of being the body of Christ. We sin. We are selfish. Many times we're unaware of the needs and experiences of other people. We'll talk more about that next week. How can we enter more into fully the life and perspective of the other person? that we may not even see right now. But we're going to struggle and stumble in the process of becoming the body of Christ. So did the church plant in Corinth. We, like them, need to remember what God has done for us in Christ. We need to know who we are, and that will help us to become who we are. We need to know our identity so we can know how to act. When you step forward to join and participate in your family identity. It is a radical act of faith in what Christ has done for you. You are saying, you know what? I know this is imperfect. This community is imperfect. And I might get hurt. Or it might take some time. It might be awkward. 
It might take longer than I want it to, but I actually trust Jesus. I trust what he did for me, and I trust that the miracle is at work here of uniting people into one body. If you're ready to take a next step, and, and I want to say a caveat is every week we have visitors. I want to say to those of you who are visiting, uh, please take all the time you need to find the church that the Lord is calling you to. If you sense, if you're here and you sense the Lord is calling you to be a part of this community, and yet the fear of rejection is there, the still small voice of I don't have the special pin is, is nagging you, I want to invite you to take a step of faith, which we're making available today after the service. All of our small group leaders will be up there to talk about the different small groups that are available. Um, I'll be up by the men's small group. It's a ministry that I care, care very much about. Um, and I encourage you to introduce yourself. Embrace awkward silences. Talk to people that you haven't met before. Um, and dare I say, join a small group and show up to the small group. Shovel your, 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 your steps on a cold Wednesday night and make it there and start to have conversations and be known and loved. If you're already signed up for a small group, I want to encourage you to go to the booth where, uh, that represents the small group that you're in and look for new faces. Don't talk to familiar faces as wonderful as that is. Look for new faces and show them the love of Christ. That's the call today, friends. But a final word of encouragement from Paul. Verse 18. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Just read verse 18 again. I want to let it sink in to your soul. But as it is, things being what they are in Chicago, things being what they are at Emmanuel, things being what they are in your life, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So God arranged it. Things being what they are, it is no accident that you are here on this Sunday and that we are studying this text. As it is no uh, accident at all that you bring the background that you do, the experience that you have, the age that you are, the stage you're in. It is no accident at all that you are here this morning. Not an accident. Consider the long-term impact of believing verse 18. What if you were to say, yes, it's no accident, and things being what they are, I'm a member of the body of Christ. I have the family birthmark, or I'm exploring uh, receiving the family birthmark, and I will receive whatever role the Lord has for me to play in my small group, in this congregation, in the mission of Jesus in Chicago. Consider the long-term impact of that. You know, we may still be in the early church. Do you ever think about the fact that the, the church of Jesus Christ may go on for thousands and thousands, perhaps even tens of thousands of more years. How do you know that we're not still in the early church and that the best days are yet to come? How do you know that you're not a pioneer here, living out the mission of God here at Emmanuel Anglican Church as a member of his body? 
and that he has a plan for you here. He has a plan for you and the people who will follow you into this community and also sent out into Chicago to bear witness to the love and welcome of Christ. We say yes to that. Even in our weakness, the Lord will use our congregation to welcome those who aren't here yet, who feel totally alone this morning, who feel totally isolated this morning, who have a very, not just a still, small voice, but a very loud voice telling them, everywhere you go, you're rejected. By saying yes to this invitation, we are saying yes to Jesus, letting us be a symbol of his welcome. Because we are family, and we have the family birthmark, we have the family mandate, and we have the family welcome. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand and let's confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed.